Welcome back to Ascendance Theater Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in the book of Philemon. It reads, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your consent, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever, no longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, as a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, though, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. As we jump in here to the very short book of Philemon, we jump into one of my favorite passages in Scripture. I believe that there are so many things that we can learn from this book about the way in which we live and treat those around us. And I'd like for us to focus in on an aspect of that today. So what we have here in this book is Paul writing to an individual, Philemon, about a slave that he has. That slave, Onesimus, had left his master for some reason and ends up around Paul. In the course of time, he comes to know Paul, comes to know the gospel, and is brought to salvation. Paul then wants to send that individual back to his master, knowing that doing so could be very dangerous for him. But he appeals on the sake of the gospel for forgiveness of whatever the debts are that this individual has, because the gospel has forgiven him his debts, as well as the fact that he has a great debt to Paul because of the salvation that he has received, as Paul was the one who brought the gospel to Philemon. And so as we reflect on this, it's a reminder of the fact that we're to live in a constant state of forgiveness with the people around us. That's one of those things that's much easier to talk about than it is to actually do. It's hard to forgive people. Because people do many mean things against you. I'm a firm believer, and I've shared this often, and you might have heard me say this already, but the people that you're around the most are the people you will need to extend forgiveness and offer forgiveness to the most. Because they're the people who will naturally see you sin the most, and that you will naturally sin against the most. Because the longer you're around a person, the more sinful tendencies and sinful aspects you're going to see in their life. 
because you see them in the totality of who they are. So whether that be your parents, your siblings, people you work with, the people that you constantly spend time with, your friends even, are going to be the ones that you have to ask forgiveness of the most. But the scriptures remind us, and especially the companion letter for this book, Philemon, in Colossians, reminds us of this as well. It says there, Colossians 3.13, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Because of the call of the gospel, because of what has taken place on our account, that Christ died on the cross for all our sins, we're called to extend forgiveness to other people. Because if we don't, what we're really saying is, yes, Jesus has died for this sin, but it's not big enough for me to be willing to do that. I'm not going to forgive that. And in fact, I'm going to hold that against you when Jesus won't do that. It shows how little we understand of the grace of God when we lack the ability or the desire to extend forgiveness to others. And it's hard. It's hard to forgive people who sin against you, who consistently do that. But as they seek forgiveness, we're called to extend that to them because of the gospel. Because we continue to sin against God, even though he has forgiven us our sins. None of us are perfect this side of eternity. None of us are able to stop sinning. But Jesus continuously gives us the gracious gift of forgiving us of our sins. So we ought to demonstrate that grace, that love, and that ability to endure hardships in our life for those people who wrong us in the same way that we experience the same blessing from God. And so it's just such a beautiful picture of the gospel, and it would transform the lives of our community if we consistently lived this way. It would transform our homes. It would transform our workplaces if we lived in light of the call to be a people marked by forgiveness. As far as a question from this passage, this book deals with something that is oftentimes a hot topic within people looking at Christianity and wanting to make allegations against the lack of love that they see in the scriptures. They will look at a book like this and they will say, this was a chance for God and the Bible to make a stand against slavery. This was a chance for them to say the atrocities of slavery and to just shut it down as a system. If Paul would have said, slavery is wrong, release this man, then they would have a place to look back and to say, hey, we would have been able to move forward as a society and a people, and we would have understood that slavery was wrong thousands of years before the atrocities that our country has experienced because of it. And so as we think about that, is that the purpose of what's going on here? Was this a miss in terms of Paul's ability to talk about slavery? I believe there's two important things for us to understand about that as we look into this. Number one, we need to understand that slavery, as we talked about when we looked at it in the book of Romans, was not the same as the American slavery that we have. Slavery in the ancient Near East times and in the Roman Empire was much different. And so sometimes people would choose to be a slave as a way for which they could gain economic independence as well as safety in a period of time. They would choose to attach themselves to a master for a season or for a term of service that would allow them to work through that. We also need to understand that slavery in the Roman Empire was a huge economic and political deal. 
And so if the Christians, which were a small group at this point in time, had shifted the focus of what the gospel was trying to do and had made it an economic or a political matter, the Roman Empire would have stepped in and would have squashed that as a rebellion. And so the purpose of this letter is not to end the cause of slavery. It's not to speak out on those issues and to end slavery for all times. Because Paul actually asks for and says something much greater than that. He doesn't say just release this person from slavery, but he says, no, you treat him as you would receive me. Verse 17, as a brother in the body of Christ. And even more than that, as one who is already indebted to him because of what's taken place. He's calling him to treat him even better than he would himself. The same thing that we see as we look at the gospel, to treat others and consider others more highly than we do ourselves, to look at their needs, to look at the focus that that has on this person's life, rather than holding on to our own desires, our own wants, and our own needs. And so while individuals want to look at this as a place where the scriptures swing and miss as far as it is about social reform and slavery, let's understand the political and social issues that were going on at the time when Paul wrote this letter. Remember, he's also in prison. So if a guy who's already in prison is making these huge political and economic stands, it's not going to go well for him. It's going to end his life. It's going to lead to a rebellion that's going to be crushed down by a very powerful empire at the time. That doesn't mean God couldn't have done it, that if it was his desire to work through that, that it wouldn't have taken place. But let's remember that the focus of the gospel is not about economics. It's not about politics. It's about the spiritual realities that are taking place in the world and the manner in which those need to be focused on. And since that is the case, this letter focuses on the heart of the gospel, not upon those other things. It doesn't mean that there weren't other ways in which the gospel should impact the lives of the people around them that aren't addressed there. But Paul calls on Philemon to live in light of the gospel in the totality of his life, allowing it to impact what's taking place in his economic sphere as well as his home life and all of the other structures that are there. As you look at this book, it's such a short book, but there are many other questions that you could have about that. I encourage you, as always, look into those, study this book, examine it. The depths of the truth of the gospel are on display in a very, very personal manner in this letter. And I believe that our lives would all be benefited greatly if we're to study that and to apply the ways in which the truths we find within impact our own lives, I believe it would be transformative for so many aspects of our community, our homes, and our lives in general. So as you do that today, know you are loved. You're-